Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Level Up Podcast, where we're talking to folks that have um, taken their their production from agent to entrepreneur. And today, excited to have um, a long-term Century 21 system uh, partner with us, OJ Rodriguez from San Dimas, California. OJ's got a great office out there with just under 200 agents right now. And I'm excited to hear some of the things that uh, that he's got to bring in for the audience. And of course, I'm with my partner, Greg Harrelson. Greg, how are you? I'm doing good, man. And uh, excited to talk to OJ. He's become a good friend of mine over the years. And Definitely have done a lot of collaborating together. So I think we're going to have some good conversation today. Yep. There's going to be some good stuff come out of this. So OJ, welcome to the Level Up Podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. For sure. So bring um, the listeners and stuff up to speed just kind of on um, who you are and what you do. Well, basically, um, you know, I like the idea of having a single office uh, business model. And that's why we don't have multiple offices. Have had the opportunity to pick up uh, two or three in the last three years, but have kind of steered clear of that. Um, I think we can build the company with just a single office to 10 million, and that's the goal in uh, annual GCI. So we've been working on doing that. And more recently, we've done it through mergers and acquisitions. In the last eight years, we've done two of them. And in the last one that we did, we recently uh, doubled in size, and that was three and a half years ago. Wow. Awesome. So when you just, real quick, from your you doubled in size. So what were you were at 50 before your previous acquisition? Uh, we were doing about 3.6 million and then we went to 5.6 million. So almost doubled okay. in, in, year, in first year after the merger. Wow. That's awesome. Are you, you're uh, referring to gross commissions? Gross closed commissions. Correct. Yep. yep. GCI. Got GCI. it. So one thing that stands out just from, just from that short introduction is what did you offer as obviously you had a lot to offer whoever came on board that you were able to roll into your system. So can you talk a little bit about to kind of what, what, what were they looking for that you provided? You know, basically um, we provide a lot of tools, training and resources, and that's kind of our model. We get it. The agents have a lot of choices. They have a lot of options. So we have to have a, a better uh, organization. We have to provide more. We have to help them grow their business. Uh, we do coach our agents as well. I have three coaches on staff that's coaching our agents uh, every week. Um, so, and then we have a lot of technology platforms. We're running about 10, 12 different technology uh, platforms. I have a full-time IT guy on staff to sit with them and train them and help them implement all of these platforms. Um, so we're spending a lot of money in that, in that area. Awesome. How many agents was that? So, so the agent, your, your agent count within your operations was what, and then that acquisition, what, how, what did it go to from there? It, it was, total count was at about 90 originally, and okay. then we, we literally went to uh, 180 just wow. overnight. But, you know, some of them were part-time. They weren't all full-time agents, but uh, that's what they had on their roster. That's what we had on, on our roster at the time that we did the uh, acquisition. Yeah, and they had another office location. They were all housed somewhere else, or maybe some of them worked at home, but there was a physical office somewhere. Did they all roll into your, your single office, or you didn't keep another office? Is that right? That's right. My office was three miles away. 
and I bought their building and their company and then remodeled their building. Within about two weeks, I did an interior remodel while they were still here operating. And then I brought all of my agents over. Ah, interesting. Yeah, it was an interesting time for sure. Yeah. You know, the reason I bring this up, Brendan, because so many people, you know, when it comes to whether you're a team wanting to expand your team or whether you're um, a company wanting to expand, uh, you know, most of the time people think of recruiting. And I'm sure, OJ, you do a lot of recruiting also uh, within your operations. But, you know, uh, I haven't seen a lot of people pull off mergers and acquisitions um, to the extent that you have. And, and, and the reason I say that is um, because one of the things that I think that you focus on is profitability. Now, I know you focus on providing a lot of value to your agents, and I know you're committed to making sure that you're helping agents become more profitable uh, themselves and make you know, more and more money under your umbrella. But what I really like is that you're expanding, but you're, re you're, you're maintaining very healthy profit margins. Can you, where are other people getting it wrong or where are you getting it right? You know, from what I've seen over the years, um, in my experience, is that brokers either A, spread themselves so thin uh, with their own time and their resources that you can't put that investment into one company because you got five branches. Now you're trying to spread your, yourself and all your financial resources amongst those five offices. And it, it makes it very difficult where when you have one office, you can really, you know, I have 13 people on staff here between managers, coaches, staff, and myself um, to support the agents. There isn't another office anywhere near here that has that type of support staff. Mm -hmm. um, but again, if you don't create value, then how can you um, give them a reasonable commission split? If you don't have value, the only thing you can sell is a high split. Mm -hmm. When you have value, you can sell a, a reasonable split that works for both parties. Yeah, and, and we start talking about splits. Boy, does that get a, like, isn't that a crazy conversation amongst our industry? Because, you know, I think there, there's, a, 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 um, there's a myth out there that higher split means more money to the agent. <laughs> but that's not necessarily the case. A lot of times, um, you know, that there's, more, there's more to it, right? Like somebody might be able to give them a higher split, but they, they, they scrape off all the, the resources and then the agent has to go in and hire out all those resources um, you know, themselves. And because they're not doing it at scale, they're paying a higher price than maybe the company's uh, uh, paying. And now all of a sudden, though they may be getting more money from the split, they actually have more money going out and it's a, net, it's a reverse effect on their profitability. Um, so I, I, I like that you bring that up because it sounds like you're really focusing on, 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 on adding resources and giving them the staff and giving them the ability to grow their business. Great point, Greg. And, you know, the other thing that we find that happens is these 95% shops, they don't do anything to help them grow their business. They don't teach, coach, or provide the tools, training, and resources. Therefore, the agents are doing three, four, five deals where you can come over here. Maybe you're going to make an 85% split, but you're going to do 20 plus. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, where are you taking home more money for yourself and your family under this yeah. business model? You know, and as you know, you've, you've trained a lot of agents yourself. You know, there's nothing worse than seeing an agent struggle that you can't help. You know, so I don't want to have that type of operation. I want to have a company where I'm sure that we can help them with all the tools, all the training, all the resources, all the coaching, 
And if they fail, it's because they decided not to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to touch a little bit on the mergers and acquisitions thing because there was something that I learned in the process of doing that. And as you know, there's courses and classes that Century 21 puts us through and there's other courses you can find. But one of the key elements for me was I went to the older brokers in my marketplace and I talked to them. Sometimes it was for years in advance about hey, someday, should you decide to retire or sell it, I'm interested in acquiring your company. And we would do lunch once a year, twice a year. And by keeping myself in the forefront of their minds when they were ready to do it, um, they picked up the phone and they called me. In one instance. In another instance, um, I heard someone's business model and their business model was to have all their offices along the coast, but they had one inland. And I just addressed it with them and said, you know, why don't you sell it to me? It doesn't fit your business model. You told me yourself you want to be along the coast. Why do you have this office way over here? And, and believe it or not, uh, initially the guy said no. And I kept pounding on him. And after a couple of weeks, he finally said, okay, I'll sell it to you. And that's how that worked out. Yeah. So persistence. Yeah. So, yeah. And being creative, right? So, so you, you know, it's interesting. And I know um, we've spent time together at Mike Ferry events as well as Century 21 events. Sure. And so I think both of us believe in lead generation and prospecting. And, Absolutely. Um, and it sounds like you've done the same thing for the mergers and acquisitions. Maybe you're not making 30 contacts a day, um, but you've, you're strategically um, engaging in some outbound lead generation activities to plant seeds and, and knowing that if you'll just stay consistent with the follow-up, they'll grow and blossom and, and you can, you know, you can capitalize on that. Greg, this office that I have now was on my radar for five years before I actually got it. Okay. To wow. give you an idea. So yeah, it takes, sometimes it takes time, but at the end of the day, it's worth it. OJ, can I ask you something? Cause something kind of struck me on the, on this second one that you did. And I want to know um, if it was by design that, you moved your people out of your office over to the location where, and then upfit that new office. Was that by design? Absolutely. It was by design. Um, my expenses only went up a little bit, but by doubling my GCI or increasing it by 35, 40%, whatever that number is, the profitability went through the stratosphere. Yeah, no, it definitely, definitely by design. So the other part that, and maybe this was a, uh, I don't know that I would have seen this and made the move for this, but I have to imagine when you're bringing all of your people who know and love OJ and are committed to you and know your systems, then you're bringing that stability into a new location that is going to have a little bit of chaos because now there, who's this new group that's coming in, but you kind of offset that by we're going to give you a great new spot to come into and really immerse you in the brand. You don't have to drive anywhere different. You can just hang out at the office. It's just going to be looking a little bit different. And we're going to bring a bunch more people in to be friends with. I mean, that's, that I think would, is huge. Yeah. And, and it is tricky because company cultures are different, but we, we, we walked in the door with a lot of value. One, um, Two, the thing that kind of was, um, was different at the time was the company was, this company was kind of struggling, but it had been in business since 1972. It's wow. one of the first franchises that ever existed. So we had been in business as Century 21 Americana, which is now our friend Juan, um, for 20, 20 years, 19 years. 
So I dropped our name and I picked up this name because it had a good reputation in the community and it had been here for 40 years. So by keeping their name, it also helped Hmm. with with the culture of their company, uh, maintaining the culture of their company, but yet bringing in a lot more tools, training, and resources. Yeah, so it's, it's almost like it was done in reverse, right? Not Maybe not from the financial standpoint, <laughs> but, you know, when you think of mergers and acquisitions, usually it's something's coming into an existing operation. And what you did here is you put the ego aside and you really looked at the branding and, and, and all these other things. And, and, and it just made sense for you to actually roll into their office space. And again, I haven't really heard of people doing that. I'm sure there's many other reasons the office location may have been good. Who knows? But um, I, I just find that that's, that's pretty neat. It's, it's a new one to me. But I, I would imagine the retention of the um, company that you're acquiring was probably a lot higher because there wasn't a lot of... Um, Again, it, there was new people that they had to see, you know, overnight. Oh, here's these new people. But besides that, they pretty much were in their same parking place. You know, they were walking into the same front door. So the, the amount of change was minimized. That's, that's, that's pretty neat. For sure. For sure. Now, you probably won't do that on the next one, right? You can't just keep doing it over and over and over again. So that might have been unique to this particular, you know, scenario. But um, I just find um, I, I'm just um, acknowledging the creativity, uh, you know, the, uh, the path that you took to be creative to make all that work. Thanks. Thanks. Greg, the other thing that I looked at back five years prior is I looked at the average commissions. I was actually uh, previously in a city called Pomona, which is about 10 minutes east of us. And our average commission at the time was about $6,250. So I was studying the market and I noticed if I went, you know, 15, 20 minutes west to Covina, the average commissions were $9,000. And then I looked at this little office in between the two, but slightly north, and it was $12,000. So I said, the ultimate goal needs to be to get to this office location. And I did, but I ended up going to Covina first and from Covina coming here. So, you know, there's different ways to increase your profitability. And I think you need to study your marketplace and look at the opportunities that are right in your backyard that you're not taking advantage of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point, good point. So where are you going now? Like, I know that, do you still have your uh, uh, real estate school? We do, we still have the licensing course, we're still running that, um, that we've had that for over a decade and it still makes economic sense to run it. Sure, so that's another feeder in for recruiting, right? You're just- Absolutely. And, we, license, um, we license about uh, 45 to 50 new licensees per year. Per year. And then how many of those do you think would, um, would actually end up at your company? Well, they all do because we, we require them to sign a 12-month contract Okay. from when they get their license. And if they uh, don't sign the contract, then they can't attend. Yeah. And if they do, once they get their license, it needs to stay here for 12 months. Yeah. So- I know the audience, OJ, right now that's listening to this is probably like, what? I don't know that I would ever want 40 to 50 new agents in a year, okay, right? Well, so how do, you, how, how do you manage that? Because that's a lot of new people. I, I would like it, and, um, but I can, I can just hear the audience screaming right now like, what? I, could, I don't want all those new agents around. I don't have time to train them. I don't know what to train them on. Can you tell us a little bit about that process and how you get these people up and running? Absolutely. 
Uh, we, tra we train here about eight, nine times a week, starting with role play every morning, five days a week. Um, but we also do this, uh, something we call, believe it or not, we kind of piggybacked on Mike, a superstar training program that we do here every six months. It's two weeks long, eight hours a day, homework every night. Um, so we're constantly training. But the other thing that we have is I have my three managers that are coaching uh, these agents weekly, but I also have three mentors that mentor them on their first three transactions. So mm. that's what makes it work. We transaction coordinate all the files to you know, keep everyone out of trouble there. Um, so this, it, and it took us a while, obviously, to figure the system out. But if you don't have the systems in place, then a lot of new agents can be uh, very challenging, for sure. So an eight hour, an eight hours a day for two straight weeks. Yes, with homework every night. Who's the agent that's uh, that's going to that? Is that is that because it's the ones said, out of the school that are that can make it. Okay, so that's your new your newest of the new licensees. For sure, absolutely. Okay. And yeah. even if we recruit an experienced agent, but they're fairly new and they haven't done much we will recommend they attend it because it, it teaches them everything they need to know on how to list properties, how to sort through the MLS, how to complete a purchase contract, escrow instructions, preliminary title. It, it really is the meat and potatoes of the business. Our training is probably 75% sales-based, except when you go through the two-week training. Yep. That, that's, that's, it's not. It's more Sorry. about... The administrative side of the business, sure. So you're incorporating some of the onboarding uh, topics that would be onboarding would also be included in there, I, I would imagine. Absolutely. Boy, that's good. But you get all that out of the way in the first two weeks. So um, I think for the audience, that's what they needed to know. So what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is, okay, if you're going to bring these newer people on, is you have got to have really, really good, thorough, with lots of depth, training and do it like all on the front end. Now that doesn't mean they're not ongoing because you've got nine different classes or training events every single week, right. but you're just totally immersing them in, in, in the information within the first couple of weeks. So giving them a chance to actually make a good run out of this career. Yeah, absolutely. And as you know, through Century 21, they also have Create 21, which yeah. you can put them into if they're not going to be full-time, then they can do that on their own schedule. But the mentors are also a critical component. You know, you've got to have the mentors in place because when they get their neighbor or their friend or their family member that wants to buy a house uh -huh. or sell their house immediately, and some of them walk in the door with, with clients, then they need to have that mentor to go to. And that mentor is going to help them every step of the way initially. So without the mentor, you know, they'd have a difficult time getting a transaction from their family and friends. How hard is it to find mentors in the office that are willing to do that? I'm, so they're, they're getting some, making some money off of the transaction, I would have to assume. Is that right? They make 50% of their normal commission. Okay. So then whatever the deal is, it's kind of like um, the agent, that the, the mentor is getting, they're splitting 50-50 with, the, uh, with the, uh, the, the mentee, I should say. Correct. Okay, Correct. good. And so if they do three transactions, and do you find that, the, that somebody who's a mentor, they like to take on more and more of agents? So do they build that into their, um, you know, their strategy, their uh, revenue strategy or revenue model for them, for themselves throughout the year? I, I think they do. And we specifically pick mentors that you know, are available basically seven days a week. Generally, they don't have young kids. Their kids are grown. Um, 
you know, they can get away on Saturdays and Sundays because they'll go with them on their first appointments. They'll go with them on the listing presentation. They do it. The new mm-hmm. agent basically watches. Um, so, so yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's very specific on who we pick. And they also have to be individuals that are Mike Ferry agents that do know their scripts and dialogues, that do know the listing presentation. So there's a lot of criteria to yeah. being a mentor. Got it. Okay. Good. So where are you going, OJ? What's next? You know, um, we're looking at all the different avenues on how to grow the company. And right now we're focusing on relocation and growing uh, relocation within the company. It's something that we haven't focused on. And uh, therefore, it's an untouched market for us. But we've got some good leads on how to build it and some good people we're talking to at this time. So hopefully... In the next 90 days, we're going to have a whole new division of relocation yeah. up and running. I, and it sounds like to me you might be thinking beyond just the uh, Cardis relationship. Absolutely. Beyond okay. Cardis. Now, this is not for everyone in the audience to email me, okay, or email OJ on this <laughs> one thing. But since I got OJ here, I'm going to say, hey, OJ, why don't we connect? I can share my list of relocation companies as you're building your list of relocation companies. Maybe I'm working with some that you're not. That'd be fantastic. Trade list, right? And I'll sign up for yours. And I tell you another person, Alex, that we all know with Central 21, he, he actually did that for me and really helped me. I, I, I got some good accounts from that. So That'd be great. Yeah, love to. Okay. What else you got, Brendan? Um, I think the, the only other thing, because I, I know with your time in business and, and how you coach and train and how you're hands-on with the team, I'd like to get an idea besides how to do a deal and get them connected with a mentor and have the coaching. I know you're adding a lot of value. So this is a lot of our audiences, you know, they're listening from agent to entrepreneur. We know there's a ton of opportunities besides just doing transactions. Can you share maybe a couple of things that you're helping your agents with that you're kind of a, a mentor for, or, have, you know, kind of get them on the path of, listen, there's more to this business than just, you know, listing and helping buyers buy, uh, buy properties and listing and selling with investments or whatever else may be that, uh, that you're working with them on. Absolutely. You know, that's a great question. We're in the real estate business, and I think everyone needs to look at that. So if we're in the real estate business, what are all the different avenues as far as how we can make money? Well, REO comes and goes. That's something you want to hopefully specialize in if you've been in the business for a period of time. But also, you know, uh, buying and selling, you know, notes, non-performing notes. That's another avenue, something that we do here. And I think a lot of you guys have seen these franchises, those big billboards with the caveman. We buy ugly houses, right? We have one of those. We, we flip homes. We've done it ever since uh, the mid-90s. And it's, it's a big part of our business. But more importantly is I teach the agents how to do it. I teach them how to evaluate a property how to rehab a property, how to flip a property. So many of them over the years will initially, they sell them to me and they get the listing back and they make a commission uh, when they sell it to me. But at the end of the day, they learn how I rehab them. They learn what I do and they end up doing flips on their own over the course of time. So again, that's another great opportunity to, you know, capitalize on the real estate industry as a whole, because we make a lot of money with commissions, but the investment opportunities that come across your desk, that will change your financial statement in a big way. Yeah. And, that, and that's been big for us. We've invested in those. We've also invested in mobile home parks. 
in the mobile home parks we started buying over 10 years ago. And I kept some and I flipped some out to my, my friends. And I wish I would have kept them all, to be yeah. honest with you. But I didn't. Um, but again, specializing in these different niches, whether it's commercial, whether it's you know residential income, whether it's industrial, whether it's senior, you know, senior housing, REO. I think when you specialize, you have the ability to make a lot more money because you're separating yourself from the normal agent. Um, you know, even if you're specialized in just FISBOs and expireds, if you're great at FISBOs and expireds, you're going to do really well because most agents dabble with FISBOs and expireds. They don't focus on being, you know, great at that particular uh, prospect. Yeah. And all those, those different pillars that we all have access to within this industry, that what a huge value add to the agent. So when you're, when you're, that's kind of the, the, um, the soft part of the business, the value that you add that maybe that new person who's thinking about, I'm going to go to the hundred percent shop and uh, pay $200 per transaction. Imagine the difference in the person who's got proximity to somebody like you and your group and your knowledge that over 10 or 15 or 20 years, what they can do to build wealth had nothing to do with what their split was, had to do with what they were exposed to that now they can do over and over and over through the years. And those two people are worlds apart when it comes to, uh, to wealth building and, and, and just being able to understand the business. I agree. I think that's the big difference is, is what are they going to teach you? What are you going to learn working for that company? Um, like a broker like, like Greg, man, he teaches, he trains, he works with you, he nurtures you, he cultivates you and gets you to you know, becoming a top agent. Um, the difference in brokers is critical when these guys are, are making decisions. But some people, they don't understand that. They're just looking at the dollar. Sure. And, and they don't see the big picture, which is unfortunate, you know, for them. Yeah. And, and they're looking at the, the, the um, gross dollar. They're not looking at the net dollar. Right. You know, I say it's the, the biggest scam in the real estate industry against real estate agents is the fact that brokerages and, and whatnot, the industry has not taught the agent how to figure out a net sheet on their business. <laughs> right. Like, like, like they don't, they don't know how to figure out a net sheet. So that's why you see so many agents will hop from one thing, one company to another company chasing a 5% spread on a split, but they don't know how to figure out, well, now that I'm not going to get these leads, that 5% might mean I get another $5,000 over the next 12 months. But the loss of those leads means I'm actually losing $20,000 over the next year. So five over the, they, they're gaining five, but they're losing 20 in a 12 month period of time. But they only know that they gained five. They don't know how to calculate the loss of the 20,000. And so they end up moving and doing something and they see they actually make less money. Right. I, I see it all the time. It, I see it all the time. Uh, no matter whose company it is, I see it everywhere. And if I could educate the, do one thing before I retire out of this business, if I could actually educate agents on how to really look at the, the net, net bottom line, the true net impact, all things considered on the moves that they make, that would be to me a great contribution to the industry. No, that's a great point. And when you look at that, I mean, Greg, how many agents that have you interviewed that don't have a business plan? That their brokers aren't doing a quarterly review, a semi-annual review, 
looking at their business, looking, seeing if they're on track and how much they're off and what they need to do with the remaining months of the year to hit their goals and objectives. I mean, we yeah. do that. Um, yeah. You do that. Yeah. But there's so many brokers out there that they don't spend the time yeah. to do that with these agents. They don't even understand seasonality. Yeah. They don't know what it is, you know, um, which is unfortunate um, for many uh, agents out there. Would you say, would you say, um, and, and, and I know that you're a broker owner, okay, um, but you, you're, what I'm experiencing as I'm talking to you is it's almost like you're a business consultant um, for mm -hmm. the real estate practitioner, you know, the way that you're talking, that you're, you know, that's one of the values that you bring to the, uh, to the, uh, to your agents. You know, um, possibly. It's just, I've had some great, great coaches over yeah. the years and um, you're probably hearing them come right through me. Right I am. Now, is is <laughs> really am. what's happening. And, and you're one of them. I mean, I, I, I consider you to be a mentor of mine as well. Um, I, I've used a lot of your material. I use your um, email drip campaigns. I've purchased those from you. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it just starts, you put enough stuff in, it ultimately starts to come out. So yeah, yeah I've had some great minds that I've worked with and hired as coaches. I spend uh, right now about 24 to 30,000 a year on coaching and it just is what it is. It's what it takes. Yeah. Know? But yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm, I'm fortunate. We get to see each other at a lot of these coaching events. So, um, Brendan, what, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and, uh, wrap this up and any final conversations or any co final co uh, questions on your list that we didn't ask? No, I think we hit everything. Um, I guess the, uh, just to, to kind of wrap everything up, OJ, um, if somebody's out there in your area or, or in the surrounding area, just wants to be able to get a little bit more information from you um, and kind of what you guys do and uh, role play with your, uh, some of your agents, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can go ahead and email me at oj at c21citrus.com um, or they can feel free to call me. Uh, my cell number, 626-523-3193 is probably uh, the best way to get a hold of me as well. Normally, I'm in meetings most of the day, so you need to leave a voicemail, and I will get back to you. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. And um, Greg, how about, how, how's the audience get a hold of you again? They just go to Facebook Messenger and hit that little message button, pop me in a little message. I'll respond. And um, like always, I always say I do. I do respond. I will answer your questions. Um, so be glad to hear from you. And of course, if you you, um, you know, need anything from us, just, uh, you know, either pop it onto the Facebook page, ask a question, if you'll notice that we do respond there also. Yep. And same thing with me in terms of getting hold of me through Facebook. And also, guys, uh, listen, we love to get your reviews and other topics or um, suggestions of people that you think would be great for us to, uh, to have in this forum. So with that being said, thank you again, OJ, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun, guys. Thank have you. Have a good sir. day. Bye-bye now.